We are living through the Game of Thrones Part 2. Here is a recap of what you may have forgotten in all the excitement. This repost is from Second Smartest Guy in the World. The original article is at this link. I have thank you for your fantastic work. Subscribe if you like the content. And the title of it is Peer-Reviewed Article on the Truth about PSYOP-19. It's by Russell, Russell L. Blaylock. It's entitled COVID Update, What is the Truth? Part 2. Tools of the Indoctrination Trade. The designers of this pandemic anticipated a pushback by the public and that major embarrassing questions would be asked. To prevent this, the controllers fed the media a number of tactics. One of the most commonly used was and is the quote, fact check scam. With each confrontation with carefully documented evidence, the media quote, fact checkers countered the charge of quote, misinformation and an unfounded quote, conspiracy theory charge that was in their lexicon quote, debunked. Never were we told who the fact checkers were or the source of their quote, debunking information. We were just to believe that the quote, fact checkers. A recent court case established under oath that Facebook fact checkers use their own staff opinion and not real experts to check quote, facts. When sources are in fact revealed, they are invariably the corrupt CDC, WHO, or Anthony Fauci, or just their opinion. Here is a list of things that were labeled as, quote, myths and, quote, misinformation that were later proven to be true. The asymptomatic vaccinated are spreading the virus equally as the unvaccinated symptomatic infected. The vaccines cannot adequately protect against new variants such as Delta and Omicron. Natural immunity is far superior to vaccine immunity and is most likely lifelong. Vaccine immunity not only wanes after several months, but all immune cells are impaired for prolonged periods, putting the vaccinated at high risk of all infections and cancer. COVID vaccines can cause a significant incidence of blood clots and other serious side effects. The vaccine proponents will demand numerous boosters as each variant appears on the scene. Fauci will insist on the COVID vaccine for small children and even babies. Vaccine passports will be required to enter a business, fly in a plane, and use public transportation. There will be internment camps for the unvaccinated, as in Australia, Austria, and Canada. The unvaccinated will be denied employment. There are secret agreements between the government, elitist institutions, and vaccine makers. Many hospitals were either empty or had low occupancy during the pandemic. The spike protein from the vaccine enters the nucleus of the cell, altering cell DNA repair function. Hundreds of thousands have been killed by the vaccines and many times more have been permanently damaged. Early treatment could have saved the lives of most of the 700,000 who died. Vaccine-induced myocarditis, which was denied initially, is a significant problem and clears over a short period. Special deadly lots or batches of these vaccines are mixed with the mass of other COVID-19 vaccines. Several of these claims by opposing those, those opposing vaccines now appear on the CDC website, most still identified as quote myths. Today, extensive evidence has confirmed that each of these so-called quote myths were in fact true. Many are even admitted by the quote saint of vaccines, Anthony Fauci. 
For example, we were told, even by our cognitively impaired president, that once the vaccines were released, all the vaccinated people could take off their mask. Oops, we were told soon afterwards the vaccinated have high concentration titers of the virus in their noses and mouths and can transmit the virus to others in which they come into contact, especially their own family members. On go the masks once again. In fact, double masking is recommended. The vaccinated are now known to be the main super spreaders of the virus and hospitals are filled with sick vaccinated and people suffering from serious vaccine complications. Another tactic by vaccine proponents is to demonize those who reject being vaccinated for a variety of reasons. The media refers to these critically thinking individuals as, quote, anti-vaxxers, quote, vaccine deniers, quote, vaccine resistors, quote, murderers, quote, enemies of the greater good, and as being the ones prolonging the pandemic. I have been appalled by the vicious, often heartless attacks by some of the people on social media when a parent or loved one relates a story of the terrible suffering and eventual death they or their loved ones suffered as a result of the vaccines. Some psychopaths tweet that they are glad that the loved one died or that the dead vaccinated person was an enemy of the good for telling the event and should be banned. This is hard to conceptualize. This level of cruelty is terrifying and signifies the collapse of a moral, decent, and compassionate society. It is bad enough for the public to sink this low, but the media, political leaders, hospital administrators, medical associations, and medical licensing boards are acting in a similarly morally dysfunctional and cruel way. The next section is entitled Logic, Reasoning, and Scientific Evidence Has Disappeared in This Event. Has scientific evidence, carefully done studies, clinical experience, and medical logic had any effect on stopping these ineffective and dangerous vaccines? Absolutely not. The draconian efforts to vaccinate everyone on the planet continues, except the elite postal workers, members of Congress, and other insiders, of course. In the case of all other drugs and previous conventional vaccines under review by the FDA, the otherwise unexplained deaths of 50 or less individuals would result in a halt in further distribution of the product, as happened in 1976 with the swine flu vaccine. With over 18,000 deaths being reported by the VAERS system for the period December 14, 2020 to December 31, 2021, as well as 139,126 serious injuries, including deaths for the same period, there is still no interest in stopping this deadly vaccine program. Worse, there is no serious investigation by any government agency to determine why these people are dying and being seriously and permanently injured by these vaccines. What we do see is a continuous series of cover-ups and evasions by the vaccine makers and their promoters. The war against effective, cheap, and very safe repurposed drugs and natural compounds that have proven beyond doubt to have saved millions of lives all over the world has not only continued, but has stepped up in intensity. Doctors are told they cannot provide these life-saving compounds for their patients, and if they do, they will be removed from the hospital, have their medical license removed, or be punished in many other ways. A great many pharmacies have refused to fill prescriptions for ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, despite the fact that millions of people have taken these drugs safely for over 60 years in the case of hydroxychloroquine and decades for ivermectin. This refusal to fill prescriptions is unprecedented and has been engineered by those wanting to prevent alternative methods of treatments, 
all based on pr promoting vaccine expansion to all. Several companies that make hydroxychloroquine agreed to empty their stocks of the drug by donating them to the strategic national stockpile, making this drug far more difficult to get. Why would the government do that when over 30 well-done studies have shown that this drug reduced deaths anywhere from 66% to 92% in other countries, such as India, Egypt, Argentina, France, Nigeria, Spain, Peru, Mexico, and others? The critics of these two life-saving drugs are most often funded by Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci, both of which are making millions from the vaccines. To further stop the use of these drugs, the pharmaceutical industry and Bill Gates slash Anthony Fauci funded fake research to make the case that hydroxychloroquine was a dangerous drug and could damage the heart. To make this fraudulent case, the researchers administered the sickest of COVID patients a near lethal dose of the drug, which was far higher than used on any COVID patients by Dr. Corey McCullough or other, quote, real and compassionate doctors, physicians who were actually treating COVID patients. The controlled lapdog media, of course, hammered the public with stories of the deadly effect of hydroxychloroquine, all with a terrified look of fake panic. All these stories of ivermectin dangers were shown to be untrue, and some of the stories incredibly preposterous. The attack on ivermectin was even more vicious than against hydroxychloroquine. All of this, and a great deal more, is meticulously chronicled in Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s excellent new book, The Real Anthony Fauci. If you are truly concerned with the truth and all that has occurred since this atrocity started, you must not only read, but study this book carefully. It is fully referenced and covers all topics in great detail. This is a designed human tragedy of biblical proportions by some of the most vile, heartless, and psychopaths in history. Millions have been deliberately killed and crippled, not only by this engineered virus, but by the vaccine itself and by the dr draconian measures used by these governments to control the pandemic spread, quote unquote. We must not ignore the, quote, deaths by despair caused by these draconian measures, which can exceed hundreds of thousands. Millions have starved in third world countries as a result. In the United States alone, of the 800,000 who died, claimed by the medical bureaucracies, as well as over 600,000 of these deaths were the result of purposeful neglect of early treatment, blocking the use of highly effective and safe repurposed drugs such as hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, and the forced use of deadly treatments such as remdesivir and the use of ventilators. This does not count the deaths of despair and neglected medical care caused by the lockdown and hospital measures forced on healthcare systems. To compound all this, because of vaccine mandates among all hospital personnel, thousands of nurses and other hospital workers have resigned or been fired. This has resulted in critical shortages of these vital healthcare workers and dangerous reductions of ICU beds in many hospitals. In addition, as occurred in the Lewis County healthcare system, a specially designed hospital system in Lauville, New York, closed its maternity unit following the resignations of 30 hospital staff over the state's disastrous vaccine mandate orders. The irony in all these cases of resignations is that the administrators unhesitatingly accepted this mass staffing losses, despite rantings about suffering from short staffing during a, quote, crisis. This is especially puzzling when we learn that the vaccine did not prevent viral transmission, and the present predominant variant is of extremely low pathogenicity.
The next section is entitled, Dangers of the Vaccine are Increasingly Revealed by Science. While most researchers, virologists, infectious disease researchers, and epidemiologists have been intimidated into silence, a growing number of high-integrity individuals with tremendous expertise have come forward to tell the truth, that is, that these vaccines are deadly. Most new vaccines must, must go through extensive safety testing for years before they are approved. New technologies such as the messenger RNA and DNA vaccines require a minimum of 10 years of careful testing and extensive follow-up. These new so-called vaccines were, quote, tested for only two months, and then the results of these safety tests were used and continued to be kept secret. Testimony before Senator, Senator Ron Johnson by several who participated in the two-month study indicates that virtually no follow-up of the participants of the pre-release study was ever done. Complaints of complications were ignored, and despite promises by Pfizer that all medical expenses caused by the, quote, vaccines would be paid by Pfizer, these individuals stated that none were paid. Some medical expenses exceeded $100,000. As an example of the deception by Pfizer and the other makers of the messenger RNA vaccines, is the case of 12-year-old Maddie DeGarry, who participated in the Pfizer vaccine pre-release safety study. At Senator Johnson's presentation with the families of the vaccine injured, her mother told of her child's recent seizures, that she is now confined to a wheelchair, must be tube-fed, and suffers permanent brain damage. On the Pfizer safety evaluation submitted to the FDA, her only side effect is listed as having a, quote, stomach ache. Each person submitted similar horrifying stories. The Japanese resorted to a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, lawsuit to force Pfizer to release its secret biodistribution study. The reason Pfizer wanted it kept secret is that it demonstrated that Pfizer lied to the public and to the regulatory agencies about the fate of the injected vaccine contents. That's the messenger RNA enclosed nanolipid carrier. They claimed that it remained at the site of the injection, the shoulder, when in fact their own study found that it rapidly spread throughout the entire body by the bloodstream within 48 hours. The study also found that these deadly nanolipid carriers collected in very high concentrations in several organs, including the reproductive organs of males and females, the heart, the liver, the bone marrow, and the spleen, which is a major immune organ. The highest concentration was in the ovaries and the bone marrow. These nanolipid carriers were also deposited in the brain. Dr. Ryan Cole, a pathologist from Idaho, reported a dramatic spike in highly aggressive cancers among vaccinated individuals. This was not reported in the media. He found a frighteningly high incidence of highly aggressive cancers in vaccinated people, especially highly invasive melanomas in young people and uterine cancers in women. Other reports of activation of previously controlled cancers are also appearing among vaccinated cancer patients. Thus far, no studies have been done to confirm these reports, but it is unlikely such studies will be done, at least studies funded by grants from the NIH. The high concentration of spike proteins found in the ovaries in the biodistribution study could very well impair fertility in young women, alter menstruation, and could put them at an increased risk of ovarian cancer. The high concentration in the bone marrow could also put the vaccinated at high risk of leukemia and lymphoma. The leukemia risk is very worrisome now that they have started vaccinating children as young as five years of age. 
No long-term studies have been conducted by any of these makers of COVID-19 vaccines, especially as regards the risk of cancer induction. Chronic inflammation is intimately linked to cancer induction, growth, and invasion, invasion, and vaccines stimulate inflammation. Cancer patients are being told they should get vaccinated with these deadly vaccines. This, in my opinion, is insane. Newer studies have shown that this type of vaccine inserts the spike protein within the nucleus of the immune cells and most likely many other cell types, and once there, inhibits two very important DNA repair mechanisms. There is a hereditary disease called xeroderma pigmentosum in which the DNA repair enzymes are defective. These ill-fated individuals develop multiple skin cancers and a very high incidence of organ cancer as a result. Here we have a vaccine that does the same thing, but to a less extensive degree. One of the defective repair enzymes caused by these vaccines is called BRCA1, which is associated with a significantly higher incidence of breast cancer in women and prostate cancer in men. It should be noted that no studies were ever done on several critical aspects of this type of vaccine. They have never been tested for long-term effects. They have never been tested for induction of autoimmunity. They have never been properly tested for safety during any stage of pregnancy. No follow-up studies have been done on babies of vaccinated women. There are no long-term studies on the children of vaccinated pregnant women after their birth, especially as neurodevelopmental milestones occur. It has never been tested for effects on a long list of medical conditions, including diabetes, heart disease, atherosclerosis, neurodegenerative diseases, neuropsychiatric effects, induction of autism spectrum disorders and schizophrenia, long-term immune function, vertical transmission of defects and disorders, cancer, autoimmune disorders. Previous experience with the flu vaccine clearly demonstrates that the safety studies done by researchers and clinical doctors with ties to pharmaceutical companies were essentially all either poorly done or purposefully designed to falsely show safety and cover up side effects and complications. This was dramatically demonstrated with the previously mentioned phony studies designed to indicate that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were ineffective and too dangerous to use. These fake studies resulted in millions of deaths and severe health disasters worldwide. As stated, 80% of all deaths were unnecessary and could have been prevented with inexpensive, safe, repurposed medications with a very long safety history among millions who have taken them for decades or even a lifetime. It is beyond ironic that those claiming that they are responsible for protecting our health approved a poorly tested set of vaccines that has resulted in more deaths in less than a year of use than all the other vaccines combined given over the last 30 years. Their excuse when confronted was, quote, we had to overlook some safety measures because this was a deadly pandemic, unquote. In 1986, President Reagan signed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, which gave blanket protection to pharmaceutical makers of vaccines against injury litigation by families of vaccine-injured individuals. The Supreme Court, in a 57-page opinion, ruled in favor of the vaccine companies, effectively allowing vaccine makers to manufacture and distribute dangerous, often ineffective vaccines to the population without fear of legal consequences. The court did insist on a vaccine injury compensation system, which was, has paid out only a very small number of rewards to a large number of severely in, injured individuals. It is known that it is very difficult to receive these awards. 
According to Health Resources and Service Administration, since 1988, the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, VICP, has agreed to pay 3,597 awards among 19,098 vaccine-injured individuals applying, amounting to a total sum of $3.8 billion. This was prior to the introduction of the COVID-19 vaccines, in which the deaths alone exceeded all deaths related to all vaccines combined over a 30-year period. In 2018, President Trump signed into law the, quote, right to try law, which allowed the use of experimental drugs and all unconventional treatments to be used in cases of extreme medical conditions. As we have seen with the refusal of many hospitals and even blanket refusal by states to allow ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, or any other unapproved, quote, official methods to treat even terminal C-19 cases, these nefarious individuals have ignored this law. Strangely, they did not use the same logic or the law when it came to ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, both of which had undergone extensive safety testing by over 30 clinical studies of high quality and were given glowing reports on both efficacy and safety on numerous countries, in numerous countries. In addition, we had a record of use for up to 60 years by millions of people using these drugs worldwide with an excellent safety record. It was obvious that a group of very powerful people in conjunction with the pharmaceutical conglomerates didn't want the pandemic to end and wanted vaccines as the only treatment option. Kennedy's book makes this case using extensive evidence and citations. Dr. James Thorpe, an expert in maternal fetal medicine, demonstrates that these COVID-19 vaccines given during pregnancy have resulted in a 50-fold higher incidence of miscarriage than than reported with all other vaccines combined. When we examined his graph on fetal malformations, there was a 144-fold higher incidence of fetal malformation with the COVID-19 vaccines given during pregnancy as compared to all other vaccines combined. Yet the American Academy of Obstetrics and Gynecology and the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology endorse the safety of these vaccines for all stages of pregnancy and among women breastfeeding their babies. It is noteworthy that these medical specialty groups have received significant funding from Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. The American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology just in the fourth quarter of 2010 received a total of $11,000 from Pfizer alone. Funding from NIH grants are much higher. The best way to lose these grants is to criticize the source of the funds, their products, or pet programs. Peter Duisberg, because of his daring to question Fauci's pet theory of AIDS caused by HIV virus, was no longer awarded any of the 30 grant applications he submitted after going public. Prior to this episode, as the leading authority on retroviruses in the world, he had never been turned down for an NIH grant. This is how the corrupted system works, even though much of the grant money comes from our taxes. To be continued in part three.